everybody welcome to the 331st edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage we uh we just did our 330th episode and i'm just so proud that we are continuing to do this podcast even though life has gotten a lot more difficult for us to hang out for one hour a week i still think that it's awesome that we're doing this and we're just right now we're at a good level of creating content and i would love to you know, keep creating this content for everybody. So let's talk about these Portland trailblazers. You say that so, you know, with so much conviction, let's talk about these Portland trailblazers. uh, Because, I mean, to to be perfectly honest, aside from a handful of the guys, they're just Portland trailblazers uh, legally right right now, just based upon the letter of the law. They have a signed contract. They have a jersey with their name on the back. But many of them will go down in... uh, they won't be, you know, remembered. You don't uh, think Skyler is going to stay a, a blazer for multiple and I feel like such an ass for saying that, but it's, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're in the Travis Diener era right now of, of blazer basketball uh, with some of the, the folks that, that are getting run. Uh, the blazers as it stands are 32 and 44, 13th in the Western conference, uh, one in nine in their last 10, they've lost four consecutive. Uh, and I believe they've only won Four games since the All-Star break, one home game since the All-Star break. That was Dame's 71-point outburst against the the Houston Rockets. Uh, They are, most importantly, tied with Orlando for fifth in the lottery positioning. Uh, And that would give them a 10% chance at a number one overall pick, which this is what they're doing at 4SH. I mean, they I I give the Blazers credit. They I think they stealthily tanked. At the the trade deadline, mm-hmm. they realized it wasn't going to happen. They were going to lose Josh Hart for nothing. They added their draft capital. They took a flyer on a, on a few wings, and you know, as it stands right now, they would have about a forty percent chance at a top four pick. Which whether you get th- two, three, or four, whether you keep it or trade it, that is an asset. That is something they, this team currently does not have, and they are in big need of. And uh, they 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 are seeking the, those assets, and. I would say it has been enjoyable to watch this team play. And and I'll say that for one reason and one reason only. Shaden Sharp is finally getting the green light. He is finally starting. Got we finally got a chance to see him play alongside Dame once. You know, I thought that was going to happen once Simons rolled that ankle. Um, but we finally got to see it in that Utah performance. 24 points. Uh looked fantastic. Shut Dame down. And they basically say, Shaden, you're getting introduced last uh, at the Rose Garden. That's usually, you know, designated for the the star player. You are now bringing the ball up the court. You're getting your creator reps. You are Mm -hmm. the the lead playmaker. You are calling the defense. You are being vocal. You are the Portland Trailblazers right now. It doesn't matter what team you are leading. You are leading that team. So at 19 years old, uh, we are at the Shaden Sharp show. And and that is the only reason that, that I am tuning in, that I'm excited to tune in, because my God, Sage, um, he's better than than I even thought, and I am probably, you know, leader of that that Shaden Sharp uh, bandwagon. You know, I I feel safe that eventually we lose. Like I know there's t- like you know, it, I think that's one of the more enjoyable things is I feel safe that 
We just do not have the talent outside of Shade and Sharp and this year little. We don't have the talent to compete. So eventually, the most important thing when we're stealth tanking for so long and then actually tanking now is that unless we play the damn Spurs or the Rockets or one of those really good tanking teams, I feel safe about eventually we're going to let the huge run happen and we're going to lose by a pretty hefty amount. But I, I think that sh- the, the sh- that Shaden Sharp gets those creator reps is the most important thing that Chauncey Billups can do for this team and their future. Because the the more that he gets these actually competitive reps in in trying to potentially win games is going to be super beneficial. And the fact that we haven't had these reps for him until now is pretty sad. But he has to take advantage of them now. And I mean, outside of the one New Orleans game, I feel like he's shined every game that he's participated in. And in that one New Orleans game, I think the coach kind of let him hang out to dry. If I'm being honest, we saw Herb Jones and Willie Green. Their strategy was, hey, let's just face guard Shaden and see how the coaching staff adapts, how Shaden adapts. And you can kind of see Shaden get a little frustrated. He like tried to get off, wasn't really playing with with a lead guard. They didn't really run any sets for him to get the ball. They didn't allow him to bring the ball up the court to basically negate the face guarding. Um, I thought Chauncey completely phoned in that that coaching performance. And that was it's really sad because I think he's doing a lot of things right with with Shaden right now. He's putting him on the the best offender for or the best. But he's uh, kind of forced to do this. The it's best, not score, like but he he could hide him though, Sage. He could hide him and say, against OKC, no, I want you guarding Dort. Dort's not going to shoot the ball. No, you're going to take reps against probably a first team All NBA guard mm-hmm. in Shea Gilgis Alexander, maybe the toughest guard outside of Steph and Dame right now, and you're going to have to do that and also carry the load offensively. Okay, there's Zach Levine for Chicago. I mean, so so now he's really getting a taste at 19 mm-hmm. of what it's like to carry an organization offensively and defensively and vocally. And I think that's important. I, I do think um, in that New Orleans game, Chauncey was a little cavalier. Uh, Shaden picked up quick foul trouble and continued to play. And then I think he had four fouls in the first half. And some of them were preventable by just saying, hey, let's give you a little bit of rest, come back in to to, to start the, the the third. Like, I get it. They're not trying to win. But at a at the, at the same time, like if Shaden fouls out midway through the third quarter, that's when it's really going to get out of hand, um, and you're going to get people heading for the turnstiles. Because as long as Shaden Sharp is available to play, that arena is staying pretty packed and pretty full, and you're getting you know great commentary from Kevin and Lamar. You're getting great fan reaction when he's you know hitting logo threes, blocking uh, dunks, stepping through defenders, and, and you know throwing it down uh, just inside the, the foul line. Like people are staying tuned in. For one person, one person only, and, and that is, you know, Shade and Sharp, and he's really answered um, the call, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been the only reason you should watch the game. Like, I remember texting you. I really wish they could blur everybody else out. Just let me watch Shaden and Nasir try and try and carry the team. We're tanking, and at least this year we get to watch Shade and Sharp and Nasir little play. Because last year it was like Brandon Miller and actually I don't I I think I got his Brandon name Williams more. Brandon Williams <laughs> yeah like you know so at least there's something you can watch as you're watching the last few Blazer games you're gonna see this year 
at least you get to watch somebody develop. And that's the most important thing. I know that a lot of people want to win for Dame, but Shane Sharp is who we need to be focusing on for for the future. He's going to be on this team for at bare minimum nine years. Bare minimum. If they're smart, Sage. Like, I... I think I think he's special. Um I, I think he could be the, the one, quote quote unquote. Like when you're thinking of those electric wings, whether it's Jordan Drexler, Dominique, Kobe, McGrady, Vince, like he's got that type of not only the elite athleticism, he plays at his own speed. He doesn't get rushed. He just has a quiet confidence about him. He can make any shot really right now. And he's 19. So imagine, you know, a couple more years in, in the weight room. Footwork is crazy. He just looks smooth as silk out there. And that's probably the best way that, that I can describe it. Because when you watch those players that I mentioned, they just look like they're on another kind of stratosphere, another planet. Like they're just moving at a different speed. It's easier for them. They they just don't look like they're breaking a sweat, and Shaden doesn't look like he's breaking a sweat out there. And there's you know a couple. I of think plays that's that... what, some of the reason why people didn't like him in the early part of the year is because it's just so effortless for him to do the things that. That's, and he's he's got a Duncan Kawhi type of you know focus Stoic. and and quietness uh, about him. But you know there's a, there's a play against the Kings. He gets the ball at the top of the key. He's De'Aaron Fox like rolling at him, and he just kind of like effortlessly just like. Stops, pump fakes, lets Fox fly by, and he, he launches the the three. Uh, he's chasing down blocks. He, he's really, you know, cutting through traffic now and, you know, slithering and, and finishing with, with both hands. Like the finishing is something that I was a little concerned early in the year because he didn't look, look like he knew what he was going to do. He's starting to figure that out. He's making mistakes as a playmaker, but he's also making the right reads. He's already thrown lobs to Jabari and Drew Eubanks. He had a really beautiful, and I think this was in the OKC game, he had a skip pass from the opposite three-point line to the opposite corner, and he hit Matisse for a wide-open three just on a, on a rope. Mm. And when you start to see that, you're like, okay, this he's really starting to unlock as 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 a player, and he's doing so at 19 with no college experience. You know, you look at his last five games, even including, I think, that dud against the Pelicans, you're still looking at someone averaging 23.8 points per game, doing that on 46% shooting from the field, 44% from three, grabbing six and a half rebounds, handing out five assists, and getting you one steal per night, and now doing so probably close to 38, 40 minutes. As, as a 19-year-old doing that, and only one game with, with Damon Nurk. Ooh. I mean, his best player he's playing with right now is probably either Nasir Little or Matisse Thibel. So he's, it's not like he's out there with a bunch of other NBA caliber players. He's being asked to do you everything. When he started the, the five the Utah game, last one, the not last Wednesday, but the Wednesday before 16. Sounds about right. Okay. So I, I'm just, I'm just curious about, wow. He's so efficient. So I'm looking As, at aside from that New Orleans game. So efficient. Well, even, shit, man, he's averaging 1.2 points per possession. Like he's even with the dud against New Orleans, that's fucking amazingly efficient. 
one point per possession. If you get 1.2, he, he, even with Herb Jones, who I think Herb Jones makes people that have a handle have issues. If the biggest issue with Shaden Sharp is he doesn't have a defined and refined handle, yeah, of course Herb Jones is going to fucking, like, if, if, if Willie Green's main objective is to not let Shaden Sharp score, Herb Jones is the perfect person to throw at him for 36 minutes. So even in spite of all of the Herb Jones, when he's on the court, he's incredibly efficient. And he's not like he's not taking the ball and using it like extremely bad. Like he and Nasir Little hold the ball an equal amount. Shaden has a 23% usage rate. Nasir has a 22. So they're not, they're not like soaking up the usage and using it poorly. Shaden Sharp is using what he's doing very efficiently, very effectively, and you're seeing some humongous statistical performances from him. And the fact that he's getting those rebounds, getting those assists. I remember, bro, we were talking about he has the most athleticism in, on the team. He needs to be getting those boards. Well, now he's getting those boards because he's getting the minutes. He's at, has the the responsibility. He's, he's just a fucking freak at offensive putbacks too. Did you yeah. see the one how he snaked through the Chicago defense and then elevated for the left-handed uh, tip dunk? Like he has just an innate feel for the game at 19, and he really like. I watched his uh, pre-draft video when he was uh, making it when he got drafted the Blazers. He didn't really start playing competitive basketball until he was like 15 or 16 years old. So you're you're he's getting got just so much to catch up on. Like that that he's he's this good right now, and. I see, I see people wanting to put him in trade proposals and it just makes me want to pull my hair out because I'm like, you see the graphic when you see Jordan in the Blazer jersey or Durant in the Blazer jersey. You have, I think, getting to that potential already in the Blazer jersey. Like he's he's here. You, you picked him. You've got him under a team-friendly contract. Develop him. Let him loose. Let him grow into what he can be. Like this would be... And I'm not trying to be speaking hyperbole. I think this would be probably the, the biggest mistake the franchise could do is if they moved him. I, I am that high on Shaden Sharp that I, I think it would just be a mistake of catastrophic proportions. You know, if we drafted Taylor Hendricks, both of those dudes are just showing all of this stuff now. Imagine what it's like when they're together for five plus years and Taylor learns that it's okay to shoot the basketball. Like, and you have five years of draft capital and five years of not screwing up free agency signings and five years of building a team. You're ready to contend, Sage, and you got players at 24, 25 years old mm-hmm. ready to do that for a decade rather and, than just doing doing it all for a year. And just think though, if we draft well and continue this upward trajectory. He'll sign the five-year max. <laughs> it's not that, you know, like, obviously, it's hard creating a team. But drafting well, developing talent, having that talent bond and create memories and wanting to play together. Okay, so let's not trade draft picks and trade young players for no reason, like Robert Covington, Larry Nance Jr., all of these players that we can name over and over and over again. Let's... If we're going to rebuild, let's do it sustainably and highlight Shaden Sharp for all of the development, all of the playmakers. Even if you want to keep Dame, Dame says I'm staying regardless. 
I think you can put together a playoff caliber team with Dame and Shea in the backcourt. I, I fully believe this. And then team what you is, can get for Anthony Simons in the trade. Yeah, I fully believe had Shaden been, you know, given more of a green light earlier on in the season and they did what was right and put Ant as the sixth man, that we're lo- we're looking at a playoff team for better or worse. I, I know we both want the draft pick, we both want Wembenyama, but it just strictly, you know, go go with me here. You play him like he's getting played now as a true number two, number three option alongside Dame, who's scoring 60 and 70 point outbursts. You have Nurk, you have Jeremy Grant. Like if you actually gave him that role, I think the Blazers are in the playoffs right now. And it's pretty comfortably. Yeah, I think we're in like the five or four. Like you look at the the defense that he's able to provide, the size. God, you finally have a, a traditional big guard getting you rebounds. He was having a pretty rough start to that Kings game, but he's still blocking shots. He's still grabbing rebounds. He's still passing the ball. I'm not trying to pile on Anthony Simons, but if Anthony Simons isn't shooting the basketball well, I don't think you're getting any other positive value on the court elsewhere. Yeah. No, I think that I think that with his skill set and athleticism, even if he's sucking from the field, he's going to give you statistical stuff. That's why I like Anthony Black, by the way. But um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like I, I, the reason to watch this team is because of Shaden Sharp now, and I know that you know hoping for draft picks and hoping for losses is tough for some fans, and I get it. But at least you can you can watch the future of your team perform, and hopefully everybody at the uh, the arena cheers them on, and us that are chilling at home can just enjoy the Shaden Sharp show. And hopefully next year he has that those 22% usage rate so he can make decisions and learn because this is going to be a long development to superstar. So hopefully next year he can get empowered even more. I mean, I know these 18 games or whatever is going to be good, but this is going to be a road where if we work hard and develop right, we can get the, the star among stars. Shout out to Kat Renzer on Twitter. I saw that Trailblazing did a Shade and Sharp collab that was in arena only. And I put out like oh. basically the, the bat signal. And I was like, can somebody please pick this up for me? And Kat came through. I am so excited to uh, wear my Shade and Shirt this weekend. Um, I can't wait. It's, it's just such a dope design. Uh, so thank you to Kat. One more thing before we sign off for the episode is I've clearly we're both uh, pro tank. Like we, we know uh, it needs to happen. (laughs) It's just, it's something that it just has to happen. Like we, we know for the betterment Mm -hmm. of the franchise, it has to happen. Um, But it's got me thinking like, is there a way the NBA could fix tanking? And so I kind of put together my uh, approach to solve tanking in, in the NBA because Right now, winning is not rewarded. Losing is rewarded. And losing as much as possible is the primary objective to get the prize at the end of the rainbow, which is Victor Wembanyama, Anthony Davis, Sion Williamson, I mean LeBron James, Tim Duncan, so on and so on. So I've been watching um, uh, Ted Lasso. And so I was looking and it's like, you know, the, the English Premier League soccer, like, they are based, they have a series of leagues 
Uh, clearly, the Premier League is the top, and the bottom two teams they get bumped down. And with getting bumped down, you lose funds, you lose the the marquee matchups against the the Manchester United, the Chelsea's, etc. I know the NBA doesn't really have that system in place, but there needs to be punishment for being one of the top the bottom two teams. How I would do this is I would I would flatten the odds even more. I would open the pool for uh, the draw. Right now, they draw for the top four picks. I think they should draw for the top five. Um, I also think they should flatten the odds. Like no team should receive more than a 10% chance, but no team should receive less than a 5% chance. Because right now, if you look at it, Sage, like are the Wizards really in better shape than the Spurs? Like the record would assume so, but the Wizards are just kind of stuck on this treadmill. And just because they're willing to play their veterans, it puts them in a more negative position than a team like the Rockets or Spurs who are just... They're not, I mean, the Rockets were so desperate to tank that they they thought that, John Wall, you're going to get us too many wins last year, bud. You're completely healthy, and it's not your fault that you signed a max contract, but nobody wants you. We don't want you. So even though you're healthy, you can't play because we want to lose uh, four extra games. That That's just, sat, does not sit well with me. And I think you need to flatten the odds so it's not as encouraged to tank. I also my my rules uh, for for solving tanking you can't move into the top 5 in consecutive years that's just that's just what it's going to be if you get the second pick this year you're you're completely ruled out next year and then my biggest one is the relegation style you finished with a bottom 2 record you cannot move into the top 5 you can pick at 6 or 7 that's based upon your record so like you're terrible spurs rockets you need to start winning some games or actually trying Stop resting Jeremy Sohan, like stop doing all this nonsense to get in position to get Wimpanyama. Like you, you better not finish in the bottom two. You finish in the bottom two, two years in a row, that little revenue check that all the owners get, like the Blazers got $32 million. You don't get that. Like that gets dispersed to the other team. So now the owners are like, now the owners that's, have skin in the game too. That's where you make the that's where you affect shit is the the big man's or big woman's so that's what i would do because i i I think but what about like drastically like let's say there's another women yon in five years didn't you just see drastic tanking for that one year like the spurs did this year but then again say you're not you're you're getting between a 10 and 5 percent chance it's not like you're getting 14 and then you get like, if you go down to like the bottom of the lottery, you're getting less than a percent chance. So that is a massive difference. But when 14 teams have between a 5% gap, that's, that's rolling the, I mean, you're really rolling the dice. And also you don't have to drastically tank, right? If you're only picking for the top five slots, you just have to make sure you don't finish in the bottom two. Like you can still play basketball. The Blazers still probably could have played basketball and still made this draft lottery because they just simply weren't good enough. So you just would rather, instead of drastic thinking, you'd rather just be mediocrely shitty? <laughs> I, I think the spirit of the game is being uh, yeah. tinkered with in, in a negative negative way. Like, what we're seeing the Blazers do, based upon the rules, I agree with. But what we're seeing the Blazers do, it's abysmal. Like, if I'm being, like, what they did last year, what they're doing this year, it's everything that's really wrong with professional sports. You should play to to win. Um, and I think winning needs to be rewarded. The current system is, is not set up like that. So again, what the Blazers are doing, I am okay with. That's how the system is currently set up. 
but I think the system needs to be flip-flopped a bit. I, again, I'm not saying you go out and play Dame 40 minutes just to get the, the 10th seed, wh- whatever, but like, there's no reason that, that, that Dame and Ant need to get shut down. Like Ant and Shaden could be getting some chemistry. You could get a glimpse of that and see, Hey, is that, is that going to work? You know, Tyrese Halliburton and Ben Matherin don't need to be sitting for the Pacers. Like Tyrese was just taken in 2020. Matherin's a rookie. Like these players still need something. Like I think you need to start building a a culture across the league where like we're going to win. Like you, you see the NBA and the players association, the owners, they're, they're working on a new CBA. They're already there. There's no talks about removing the one and done. The one and done is going to stay. And that is to quote unquote, protect veteran jobs. Veterans are not playing right now. And I'm not saying you have to play every veteran over a rookie and, and vice versa, but I mean, they're completely just getting pushed to the, the side of the bench. And if they're cool collecting a check, that's fine. But I assume there's some competitive fire. And then and inside of each player that says, I would like a fair chance to play or at least get, get some run. Otherwise, you know, what, what are we doing here? Um, so it's just like, I, I mean, can I be honest? I, I truly don't give a shit. I truly I, don't I think give it's a terrible. Shit about the I think it's game. horrible. I don't, I don't care. Like until they change the rules, bro, this is the most efficient, effective way of getting better. But it shouldn't be. That's my thing is it shouldn't be. You shouldn't just blatantly throw away three years of a franchise to, I mean, it just, you, it puts the onus on one drafting better because you're not going to get draft in the, in the top five every year. And I think it spreads out the parody too, because you get these teams that just like the rockets, they just have a bunch of like teenagers right now. And it's like, where's they're They have no vets. I, I think they're building a poor culture. I don't think they're going to figure it out anytime soon, but that's the path that they decided because by being shitty every year, they, they get a chance to continue to pick high and high and high. Like, I, I think it needs to, what, what I'm saying is that, I don't like the the basketball that's currently being played, but I also don't like that teams, especially small market teams in the middle of the road are perpetually hurt. Like that's where it it really sucks is because I think these rules would then allow there to be more parity and you could get even, I mean, you look at the NFL, like every team, small market or big market can, can win the Super Bowl. Like it's, it's crazy. I know the game of basketball is a bit different because you only get five players on the court per team at the same time, but if you're a small market team right now with the rules, you have to just viciously tank your ass off to get that player. What I'm saying is I, I think it needs to be like, hey, you can still be middle of the road, but you get you have a, just as good of a shot as a team that's trying to be shitty as hell. And that's that's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I mean, hey, until the NBA does something about it. Well, this is my, my solution. It's not like I... And as a gambler, bro, I know this this time of year sucks. Almost always. So, I'm just used... Maybe it's just because I'm used to just, okay, this is when the shit sucks. And uh, the NBA has to do something. If the NBA wants to do something, they'll do something. But till then... Well, I, th- I think they will. Once up. you start seeing, like, empty arenas, I, mean, I think the pocketbooks have to start getting hit like i think you know it's blazer fans harder. are gonna go for shaden though what's that aren't the blazer fans gonna go for shaden sharp i mean i'll just watch on tv like that's well, the shit you right now are not going to any goddamn game no. 
<laughs> yeah, your ass is home. But, but could you imagine if Portland didn't have Shaden Sharp? Like we're doing this year two. Like last year, and no disrespect to Keon Johnson, you were watching for Keon Johnson. That's how bleak it was. Well, you know what I was doing when we were watching Keon Johnson. I was like, all right, three thousand five hundred dollar young young player to play on my daily fantasy. This is all good. I can create. I can create some great bo- uh, lineups. <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm Would glad you that you have ideas. If, if the Blazers play the Spurs and they're like, we're, we need to rest Shaden because he's too good and we need this loss. Now, do, could they do that? Yeah. But like, who who in their right mind would watch that game without Shaden Sharp? Like, he's literally the, he's the only reason to watch that game. Yeah. I mean, one thing I like about the Spurs is I thought Devin Vassell was gone because he got that knee injured a knee uh surgery and he's been playing so i know that they haven't played uh jeremy sochan but at least devin vassell and keon johnson or kelvin johnson were playing sorry but yeah i mean if the nba sees fit that this this is unacceptable it's gonna happen but i don't know if the nba in this collective bargaining agreement is gonna do it no, I think these are you, these are uh, long term theories. These are long term rules, but it was it's something that I would like to see. Like, it's cool when like, could you imagine like, I think it would be a fun game. Like, okay, Detroit is playing Charlotte. Like, the winner of this game, it means something because you have a ch- the winner has a chance at Wembenyama, not the loser, because it's you know you're one team's finishing second, one team's finishing third. Like, the winner gets something, and I think you play sports just to win and it right now right you play play to lose like i'm watching gonna watch tonight against the kings and and hope that every king's basket goes in and hope every shade and basket goes in but the blazers lose by whatever like, and, and that's that kind of sucks <laughs> by 35 I, it, hey man i get it I, I totally get it it's just let's uh wrap this bad boy up i think my my lunch is a absolutely well everybody rate five star us Leave a nice positive review, and I need the Seattle Mariners to do really well today. So go Mariners! But uh, baseball is back, and I'm happy about that. Where you're going to be pumping out a lot of draft content. So if you're into that, and every draft video will have a YouTube attached to it. So if you want to see our pretty faces while we we talk about the game that we love, so uh, I'm gonna let Dustin be a father again and thank you so much for listening and we're out of here peace wherever you may be this is bill shinley good night everybody let's go, let's go.